Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Do you know who believes this morning that the Bible, God's Word, is more relevant today than it has ever been in 2017? Do you know there's not one word in Scripture There's not one dot, there's not one comma that is not relevant to our lives today. That's If you're an unbeliever here today, I want to tell you, I'm going to share exciting things about what it means to walk with God, what it means to have Jesus as our Lord and Savior in our lives, in a world full of turmoil, a world where things just do not make sense, where there is no common sense. That we, as the believers in Jesus this morning, have got such purpose and direction. A God who says to us, all is well. And you know, I love the Old Testament stories. Do you know, every story in the Old Testament is relevant to the church today. Do you believe that, Nathan, sitting there? Do you believe that's relevant this morning? That woke you up, didn't it? You know, every scripture, all the Old Testament stories are so prophetic for where we are today in 2017. It makes God's word so exciting. And I'm going to share a story with you, something that's relevant today, something that actually did happen. And it's from 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 8. And I'm just going to relate the story. You can read it. You can read it when you get home. But I'm going to relate for the sake of time this morning, the story to you. And we know that Elisha, he took on the mantle from Elijah. And both Elijah and Elisha were types of Jesus, was type was the type of the Lord in the Old Testament. And you know, Elijah gave the anointing, passed the anointing on to Elisha. And so Elisha was itinerant. He was an itinerant pastor, an itinerant leader, an itinerant prophet. That means he traveled and he would walk and he would travel all around the country bringing God's word. And you know, as he traveled, he would have got weary. He would have got at times tired. But as he passed through the Shuna, he found that there was a Shunammite lady in in Shuna and she had a heart. She had observed that Elisha was passing by. And she would have him to come in and show him hospitality. You know, it's good to show hospitality to the presence of God. She would just invite Elisha to come in and she would, her and her husband would give him hospitality. And then Elisha would move on that day. And she began to have a heart for Elisha. And it says the Shunammite lady, there's no names. The only two names in this story is Elisha and Gehazi, his servant. And it says the Shunammite lady had a burden for Elisha. And she was a well-to-do woman. Do you know, it's really nice sometimes for us to realize that, you know, we can be well-to-do in God's house. So often we just think of God is just for the people who are poor and haven't got anything and, you know, are on the breadline. Do you know God is for all classes right through? And this, it goes out to say in God's word that the Shunammite woman was well-to-do. And so she looked at the situation. She looked at her house and she said to her husband, why don't we 
build a room just for Elisha so that when he passed by, he doesn't just have to move on quickly. He can stay and he can rest. In fact, it's the record of the first house extension. The first house extension was right back there with the Shunammite lady. And so she decided to build an extension so that the next time Elisha came, he didn't have to just pass through quickly, but he could stay. And you know, God's word to some of us this morning, it's good to make place for the Lord to stay, for his presence to stay with us, for his presence to stay in our home, so that he doesn't just have to keep coming and going with, with the situations in our lives, but he comes and he resides. And we know that's the born-again experience. If you're looking this morning, Jesus, the Lord Jesus comes and he abides in us. He just doesn't walk outside of us. He comes and he abides in us. And the Shunammite lady built this lovely room just for Elisha. And not only did she build him a room, she went the extra mile. She provided for his needs there. It says that she put a table she put a chair and she put a lamp in his room. She went the extra mile. She, she cared for him in every area of his life. You know, that's good. You know, she, she honoured the man of God. She honoured the prophet. That's a warning for every single one of us this morning, church, to honour God's man, God's woman, God's anointing. You know, the Bible says it's a, you know, touch not the Lord's anointed. And this is what the Shunammite was doing. She was honouring Elisha. She was honouring his presence um, in her home. And so the next time Elisha came... Because of her wonderful hospitality and her servant's heart, he noticed that she had done all this for him. And it says he went to his room and he saw the table, he saw the lamp, he saw, he saw the bed that she had put for her and it touched him. It caught his attention. You know, whatever we do for Jesus, it catches his attention. You might be doing something today. Nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody knows what you're sacrificing. But let me tell you, just like the Shunammite woman caught the attention of Elisha, God sees. God sees what we're all doing, what we sow into his kingdom. She, he saw it. And he, he said to Gehazi, he said, this woman has been so hospitable. She has so served me. She has so wanted to meet my need. Gehazi, will you find out what I can do for her? Go and ask her what I can do for her. And so Gehazi goes and he asks the Shunammite lady, he says, you've been so kind to the prophet. And the prophet wants me to ask, what can he do for you? And you know, the woman, the Shunammite woman, was so good. she said, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I'm happy with my people. I'm fulfilled. I have a full serving and being hospitable. And what I've done for Elijah, I've done out of the right motive, she's saying. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. But if you read the story, it's not off point. She says, I've, I've done what I've done out of a love for the prophet, for what he's carrying, for the word that he's carrying. I'm honoring him. I don't look. And you know, God loves that. There's so many strings attached to what we do, in the, you know, sometimes for God. 
We, do, we put strings to it. If I do that for you, God, then you'll do this for me. If I go there, then you'll provide for me. But the Shunammite woman had pure motives. She wanted to bless Elisha. She wanted to make a place in her home. But you know, Elisha, so Gehazi goes back to Elisha. And he says, Elisha, she doesn't. She doesn't need anything. She's done what she's done because she wanted to do it. And so Elijah said, there must be something that this woman, this family needs. And so Elisha, Gehazi said, well, actually, she, her husband is old and she has no children. And so Elisha sends for the Shunammite woman, sends for the Shunammite woman, and it says that she came to Elisha, but she stood in the doorway. I love this. She, you what? Yeah, can you, can you, can you do that? Did you play? This hasn't come up though, is it? One day Elisha yeah. went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, Well, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, Call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, You will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year about that same time she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told his servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat in her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to his servant, Lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said. Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, Tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, 
As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, The boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Wow, what an amazing story. I want to say, when she got... when. When Elisha called for it, it says that she stood in the doorway. And I felt that was very prophetic for somebody here today. You're in the doorway. You're between the natural and the supernatural. You're standing in the doorway this morning. And the Lord is saying to you that, you know, that you're between two ways of life. The supernatural or to stick in the life that you are living right now. And you're going to see as this story goes on that you need to make a decision this morning which side of the door you're going to settle on. And so the Shunammite lady stood in the door and you saw from that reading, Elisha said to her, you, you haven't got a son, you haven't got a child. By this time next year when I pass through, you will have a child. And we know that that's what happened. That was, but the thing, the thing was... A Shunammite woman didn't ask for anything. Her husband was old. She'd already accepted the fact that she was childless, but she never allowed that situation to dominate her life. She'd obviously come to terms that her heart's desire, because her husband was old, it wasn't going to happen, but it didn't deter her serving. It didn't deter her having a purpose for her life, going, you know, to extend God's plans and his purposes and that's what I want to talk about this morning it's time for many of us have got needs in here this morning many of us have got unanswered prayers here many of us have got disappointments that we've trusted God for things and it hasn't happened yet but like this Shunammite woman I want to encourage you this morning that you still carry on with your purpose and that you don't necessarily look you don't necessarily look you know, to, um, if God does this for me, are you all right? You what? Oh, right. Stand, the water's down there. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. In between. Now, the fact was, it says that the next year she had a child. And it says that the child grew. The child grew. But what happened was that... They, had a, they would have had farming because the child was going out, the boy was going out into the field and helping his father because God gave them a son because obviously the father was old and the son automatically would have taken on the role of running the family, running the, running the farm, would have, would have been the livelihood for the Shunammite woman. But it says, when the son on this particular day went out into the field, this is very significant, 
went out into the field as a healthy young boy. He fell sick. He held his head and he went, my head, my head. And it says that he was out in the field with the reapers. He was out. And you know, I preached the other day, I preached on Shemar and Eliezer, standing on their own in the harvest field, protecting the harvest. The harvest of their, you know, the harvest was coming in. The enemy was coming against them. Just when it was time to bring the harvest, the enemy was after the harvest for their own armies. And you know, it seems very significant that this is exactly the same time when the, the harvest is there again, we're seeing that her boy of promise is taken ill while he's reaping out there with his father in the harvest. And I want to bring that word again, right? Like whenever your harvest is about to come in, that is when your greatest attack. And you know, he went, my head, my head. And what is the greatest attack on people's lives today? It's not so much physically, it's the mind, the battle for the mind. The little boy went, my head, my head, in the harvest field where the reaping was going on. And you might be in a situation today, brother or sister, and you're in. Things are beginning to happen in your life. You're the child of promise. You're receiving what God has promised you. And you're in the harvest field. And all of a sudden, a massive attack comes. And I know in this church today, all of us, we're all going through stuff. We're all going through, we're all at different stages. There's some going through tremendous stuff. You know, the enemy isn't throwing trivial things at those on the front line today. He's sending mega, and it's because it's harvest time. It's harvest time in your marriage. It's harvest time for your children. It's harvest time for you in the workplace. It's harvest time in the kingdom. And yet, the son of promise, who was there as the answer to Elisha's gift to the woman, his head, his head. And you might be going through battle today, but tell you the battle of the mind. You look at people who are outside of the Lord, the battles of the mind that people are going through, fear, insecurity, lots of things coming against people in their mind. And it said that the father said, take my son, take him and put him in his mother's lap. And it says that they put that boy in his mother's lap and it said he died. It didn't make sense. It surely did not make sense. Just at the time when that son was going to reap his harvest, he is now dead. But what happens? That Shunammite woman says that she picked up, they picked him up, they took him to Elisha's room, and they laid him on Elisha's bed. And did she stay in it in, the, in their culture? There should have been weeping and wailing. There should have been an outpouring of grief over the death of that son. We know that in the New Testament, when the 12-year-old girl died, Jesus had to put the wailers out of the room while he did the miracle because he didn't want negativity around him. And so he put, she put him, and it said that she did not stay. She didn't stay in that room grieving. You know, something that meant so much to her had died. She'd raised him. He was now going to bear fruit in that family, and he's dead. 
but she just leaves him in that room and she goes, again, we've got doors. It says that she went out and closed the door. She wasn't going to allow any negativity in that room. Nobody was going to go in that room to attend her son. And it says she called to her husband. She says, get me a donkey. Load me a donkey. Get my servant. Because, and they, well, where are you going? I'm going to go to find Elisha. I'm going to Elisha. And the husband said to him, you, it's, you shouldn't go now. Don't go now. Don't distract me. Don't distract me. I'm going to Elisha. She said, it's all right. It's going to be all right. All is well. One, one translation says, she said, all is well. Another translation said, it's all right. But it wasn't all right. It couldn't be worse. It was a terrible situation. But her first, her first confession was, it is well. It is well. It's going to be all right. It's, now, you see, you, don't, you can make a faith confession. Lots of people, when it's not their problem, <laughs> will make a faith confession. Or if it's something that's not too important in our lives, we'll make a faith confession. But let me tell you, when you are faced with a mega crisis in your life, when you're faced like this with a death situation, something wonderful, something has died in your life that was so important to you that you thought that God had given you and it snatched away. Let me tell you, it's a, this Shunammite woman had such a depth of relationship with Jehovah, her God. She had such confidence in the man of God that her first confession that came from within, within her was, all is well. And yet in the natural, it wasn't. Now, you might be in a situation right now and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I don't think I can say all is well, that it's going to be all right. Well, you need to examine where your walk with God is this morning. Because it's when these death situations, and I'm not just talking about physical death here, when death hits your job, hits your finances, hits your body, hits somebody in your family with illness or disease, the terrible things that happen, the disappointments in life, you know, our depth of our walk with God will determine whether we say it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Wherever you are right now, I want to say to you, that if you align yourself with God's word this morning, if you will be like this Shunammite woman and know that your confidence, even though it looks absolutely beyond redemption, that I'm telling you, you can say this morning, all is well. Can I have some amens in the house this morning? All is well. How could she say it? He's dead. But you see, he was in Elisha's room. And in Elisha's room, there was faith. In Elisha's room, that is where Elisha would have called on Jehovah. And so she says, Lan, I am going to get the man of God. I've got to ask him some questions here. And so we see, to cut the story short, she goes to Mike Carmen. And it says, in the distance, in the distance, Elisha saw her. He reminded me of the prodigal father, you know, looking for the prodigal. He saw the prodigal at a distance. Elisha, being a type of God, but type of Jesus, he says he saw the Shunammite woman coming. Do you know, at the moment, you might feel that you're at a distance with God, but I tell you, he can see you. 
God can see you this morning. He can see your situation. He knows the past. He knows everything that's gone under the bridge. He knows all the situations. But he can, even though you feel as though you're afar off, you're not beyond the all-seeing eye of Jesus this morning. Can I have another amen in the house this morning? It doesn't matter how far away you may feel you are from God this morning. He can see you. He can see you. And it said, he said to Gehazi, go and meet. Go and meet the Shunammite lady. I can see her. And he said, say to her, is it well with your husband? Is it well with you? Is it well with your son, with your child? And that's the question he asked. You see, we dedicated babies to the Lord this morning, children with such potential. Do you know as parents here this morning, it's an awesome responsibility to parent children. And you know that that's the, that just shows the heart of Jesus this morning. Elisha was, was picturing that because Jesus is concerned about you. He's concerned about your family. He's concerned about dad. He's concerned about mum. He's concerned about our children, our grandchildren. And he says, is it all right? Is it all right? And you know, the Shunammite woman, when she got this, she said, it's, well, it's all right. It is all right. What a confession. What confidence in God this morning. It's all right. Yet it wasn't all right. It was still desperate. But so was her confidence in Elisha's God and in Elisha. She knew that God didn't play games. She knew, and you need to know that this morning. I need to know that. God does not play games. And so he said, are you all right? Are you all right? And that's what the Holy Spirit is asking you right this morning. The Lord knows whether you're all right or not. But he needs you to say, yes, Lord. It's all right because I'm trusting in your word this morning. And of course, she told Elisha, my son is dead. And so Gehazi says, so Elisha says to Gehazi, I want you to go ahead with my staff. And I want you to lay it on the child's face, on, its, on his body. And he said, Elisha sent Gehazi on ahead. Now, in this, Gehazi is a type of John the Baptist. Gehazi is acting out John the Baptist here because he went as a forerunner before Elisha was to get there. So we see a picture of John the Baptist here as the forerunner to prepare the way. John's was to prepare the way for the Lord to come. That's what Gehazi was doing as a servant of his Elisha. He went ahead. He went ahead, but the woman, Shunammite woman, would not leave, didn't want to go with Gehazi. She wanted Elisha because Elisha is the type of Jesus. Do you know, we don't need, we don't, you know, John the Baptist was a forerunner and he said himself, don't believe in me. There's one coming. There's one coming that is greater than me. And the woman in her heart wanted to stay with Elisha. And she went down and took his feet. And, and so Gehazi went ahead. But the lady stayed. I'm with Jesus this morning. Who's with Jesus this morning? <laughs> Who's with Jesus? You know, men are wonderful. Women of God are wonderful. But I'm with Jesus this morning. I'm waiting for Jesus to come and sort my mess out. I'm waiting for Jesus to turn up. Come on, aren't we? We want, the, we want Jesus.
answers. And you know, and that's where I think we're all coming to as Christians today. And if you're not a believer, I want you to come to the fact this morning that you don't need religion. You don't need what man has to say to you. You need what Jesus needs to say. You need Jesus today. Can I have another amen in the house? She wasn't going to go with Gehazi. She was going to go with, with the man of God. And I'm telling you that I'm waiting. You might have a mess this morning. What's dead in your life. The real person is going to come into your situation. No counterfeit. No personality. No celebrity. But let's wait for Jesus to hit the mess that we might be in or the disappointments of life. And so Gehazi went on and it says that when he got to the house, he said, how is the boy? And Gehazi said, I've laid your staff, but he hasn't awakened. He hasn't awoken. And so what happened? And this is where my title came, behind closed doors, behind closed Church, get this message this morning. It says that Elisha went into the room and saw the boy. And it says that he closed the door. He closed the door on the mother and, and Gehazi. So only he was in the room with that dead body, with that boy. And you know, there are times when... We have to leave whatever situation we are in that we can't see the way through. When we haven't got an answer to realize that the miracle that we need or the situation that we need resolving has to be left sometimes behind closed doors with just God, just Jesus. And so the mother and Gehazi was outside the door while Elisha dealt with the situation. And I believe there's people in this church this morning need to hear this word, that you need to come outside and let God get on with the way that he wants to do it. Outside, closed doors. Leave, him, leave it with Jesus. Leave it with Jesus. She left it with the man of God. And it said that Elisha laid himself well, first of all, he walked around the room. Then he laid himself on top of the boy and he began to breathe into that boy, but nothing seemed to happen. And it says he got up and he walked around the bedroom. And then it says he went and he walked around the house. He walked around the house. Then he went back into the room, closed the door, went back into the room. And it says he laid on the boy again. And then he got up and walked around, went back and walked around the house. Do you know, we, when God is dealing with situations in our lives or wherever we are, we need to stay in the house. We need to stay in the house. You know, he went down into the house where the mother and Gehazi was. And it says Elisha just walked around the house. The boy was still upstairs behind closed doors. But you know, the thing is, we always want to run away. We always want to run away from the house. But Elisha was still in the house. The mother with her problem was still in the house. Gehazi was still in the house. And I'm talking to people here this morning. Whatever situation you've had in your life, if you've run away from the house, you need to get back to the house. You need to get back with God's people again. And it says that Elisha went back up into the room and he shut the door. And it said he began to lie, it began again to lie on the boy. And it says that suddenly 
the boy began to sneeze. I mean, you couldn't make this up, could you? You could not make this up. It says the boy, you see, the fact was it started to kick in. It's, you know, it's a process. To miracles, there is a process. You know, sometimes if it's something, healing comes, deliverance comes, revelation comes. But there are times when we have to leave things with God because it's a process. And you know, I don't know whatever stage your situation may be behind closed doors. If you've come out now, leave it. Don't know where that may be. But there's something going on behind closed doors in your life right now that you don't see. Isn't that wonderful? Something is going on behind closed doors for you. The miracle is being activated. It's being, but we have to leave it with God. We have to leave it with God and stay in the house. That's what I got out of it. Leave it with God and stay in the house. Leave it with God. And it's that the boy began to sneeze. You know, you might have only got to your third sneeze in the situation. It might only be at the fourth sneeze. But you've got three more. Four, five, six, yeah, three more. Four, three more sneezes to get to before the miracle actually kicks in. And life comes back into the situation that you are in. But you have to leave it behind closed doors. They did not see. All they knew was the mess. But behind closed doors, Elisha was working. And I want to encourage you this morning that even though you can't see, if your heart is for God this morning, if you're passionate about the things of God, then you can leave your cares, your burdens, you can leave your, your needs behind closed doors because God's working on your behalf this morning. You can't see, but it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Then all of a sudden, the seventh sneeze. Isn't it funny, seven? In the next story, we read of Naaman having to dip seven times in the River Jordan. This boy had to sneeze seven times. Naaman had to dip seven times. They had to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. So it's very significant, the number seven. It's God's perfect timing. God's perfect timing in our lives. Church, grasp this this morning, otherwise we will always be in confusion. We will always be asking God why. But this, that boy sneezed the seventh time behind closed doors. And it said that he, he woke up and he was back to life again. And it says that, that he called Gehazi and the Shunammite mother to come and receive the boy, and he handed the boy alive. He came out of that room. Deliverance had come. Healing had come. Understanding had come. Revelation had come. The reason had come. The reason. And so I want to encourage you from this story this morning, church, that it all is well. It was all right. It, oh, that's my glasses. It was all right. It was well. Even in the darkest time, she could make that confession, it is well. And God didn't disappoint her, but he had, she had to leave it behind closed doors. You know, I'm going to speak to the person here this morning that's between, is you're in the doorway. You want to know why we want to follow Jesus? Because of this very thing, that we have a God that can turn 
something completely around in our lives. Someone who can answer our prayers. Someone that can restore to us our lost dreams. Can restore to us our harvest. That boy was going to be able to go out now and reap that harvest. And you will reap your harvest in your life. Whether it's your believing for children that are away from God, whether you're believing for an unsaved husband to come through or an unsaved wife, whether you're believing for something that God promised would happen in your life, God, leave it with God behind closed doors. It is going to be all right. It is well. Say to yourself, it is well. Come on, it is well. Speak to your situation this morning. It is well. It is well. But we have to leave it with the man of She left it with the man of God. We, she didn't keep going in and having a look through the keyhole. No, I would have been very tempted to look through the keyhole. No, she trusted. And you know, the key word in this is trust. We have to trust God's timing. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing in your life this morning. You need to know and trust that you're not here by accident. And I want to speak to those that have avoided the house. You've got to stay in the house. When, when Elisha was able to present the miracle, she was in the house. He didn't have to call a neighbor. He didn't have to go looking for her to give her a miracle. She stayed in the house. And you know, the worst thing that we can do in a crisis, the worst thing that we can do when we feel that we're in a, in a life and death situation, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, is to leave the house and to be isolated. And so she stayed in the house. She stayed out from behind closed doors, but she got her son back. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't he just a wonderful God this morning, church? Can I have an amen to that? You don't convince me. Leave where you are this morning behind closed doors, where you are in God, and get on with what God has called you to do. Get on with doing what you're doing. Get on with praising. Get on with worshiping. Get on with loving. Get on with hospitality. Get on with going the extra mile. Like she prepared that room. When she prepared that room for Elijah, she had no idea that through that she would have a child that she had obviously longed for and had thought it was too late. And so I want us to stand in the presence of the Lord this morning. The musicians can come back. And I want to prophesy over your situations right now. And I'm going to say, if you've got a heart for God this morning, if you'd like to stand in his presence, please. You need to make that confession from your heart, not just a faith, a faith confession, wishful thinking. No such thing as wishful thinking in the kingdom of God. But when you make your confession, it's coming. All is well. All is well. And it's very hard, you know, when you're facing dire circumstances. When you're facing cancer. When you're facing bankruptcy. When you're facing the loss of a loved one. When you're facing the dangers that we're facing out in the world today. You know, it's not easy. But it, what it does do... It tells us where we are in our walk with God, where we are in our walk with God right now. And I just want to give this morning an opportunity 
for those this morning you are standing in the doorway and you have a great situation in your life. You've got a great, and you, there's no answer. There's no answer, but you've got a greater one, and that is your need of Jesus as a saviour. He wants to be your saviour this morning. And then you can leave whatever it is that's in your life that's not easy, hard. You can leave it behind closed doors with God. God will deal with it. God will sort it. But there was a process. And you might just be getting warmth from the Holy Spirit at the moment. But you will come and you will start your process of sneezing. In this, you know, the process that God has set for your miracle will start kicking in big time. But I just want to give anyone an opportunity here this morning to say, I'm in the doorway. I'm between the natural world and believing the supernatural that Jesus died for me cleanse me from my sin so I could know the supernatural workings of God in my life to turn my situations around. So I just want you right now, while every eye is closed, if you said, yes, I've been between the door for a long time now, I want to come right through. I want to come right through into where the presence of the Lord is. I want to come right through with a genuine walk with God. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be part of the kingdom. What a beautiful time on a dedication of babies this morning, speaking of birth. I want you to just raise your hand right up high this morning so that I can see. If you say, this morning, I'm making a decision. I'm not going to stand between an inside and an outside. I'm coming in. Will you just raise your hand where you are this morning? If you raise it high so I can see it. Just going to let the Holy Spirit just move here right now. Don't be afraid what person's standing at the side of you. This is the turning point this morning in your situation. You've got a tremendous need. You don't know what your future holds. You're thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go from it. Is this my life? Is this how it's going to be? Well, the Lord says, start with me this morning. Start with me. Just don't stand between two opinions. Don't stand in the doorway. Just receive me into your life right now. Will you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand right now because the Lord's calling you. He's calling you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say that the Holy Spirit is saying to people here, all is well. All is well. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I just want that to sink in this morning. You might think that no one knows what's going on in your life, but I tell you, God does. God does. God does. And he's saying to you, just leave it. Just leave it behind closed doors. Don't come and keep looking. Just wait to see what I'm going to do because that final sneeze is going to come. I'm going to see God do amazing thing in our lives and in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, to have the faith of this Shunammite lady this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, 
please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.